We're in the midst of a series of lessons entitled, The Candles of Advent. Two Sundays ago, we focused on the first candle in our Advent wreath, the prophecy candle. Last Sunday, we looked at the second candle, the Bethlehem candle. By the way, if you missed either one of those two Sundays and you would like a copy of the lesson, uh, we did record those. They're available either by you filling out on that little communication card we had you tear off your bulletin. You can check that down at the bottom where it says CD Sermon and put the date in of the one or ones that you want. Or, um, and we'll give you a CD copy or you can go online on our website or our Facebook page and you can download the message right from there. Well, this morning we're going to show, focus on the shepherd candle. This third candle in the Advent wreath reminds us that the first people to hear the good news and to share the good news of Jesus' birth were indeed shepherds. Let's do a little Bible study together today. Last Sunday, our Bible study concentrated on verses 1 through 7 of Luke chapter 2. This morning, let's continue to work our way through this traditional Christmas story by reading verses 8 through 20. Follow along there in your own Bible. I pick it up with verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now again, verse 8 says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Such Bedouin shepherds were and still are, by the way, a fairly common sight. In Israel. In fact, shepherding holds a fairly prominent place in the Bible. The word shepherds used 117 times, the word sheep 204 times throughout Scripture. Perhaps the first reference to shepherding is found in the very first chapter of the Bible. In fact, let's read this out loud together Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. Read it with me, would you? So God created people in His own image. God blessed them and told them, Multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Be masters over the fish and birds and all the animals. And so we see that God, when He created the world, He created man and woman, He said to them, 
You have dominion, if you will, over the rest of creation. Take care of it. (laughs) Be shepherds of this creation that I have created. And so man was placed, if you will, in a position of shepherding God's creation faithfully. Now, the first person to literally be called a shepherd would have been Abel, Adam and Eve's second son. I gave you a reference there in your notes, Genesis 4 and verse 2. I think it's interesting to note that many of God's greatest leaders in the Old Testament were actually shepherds by trade. I mean, think about it. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs. All of them shepherds. Moses, Israel's deliverer, was a shepherd. David, Israel's greatest king, was also a shepherd. So we shouldn't be surprised to find that the Bible upholds shepherding as a model for leadership. In fact, God Himself is called a shepherd. Isaiah 40 Verse 11, He tends His flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in His arms and carries them close to His heart. Isn't that a great Scripture? Of course, Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. Jesus is also called a shepherd. He Himself said in John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Hebrews 13, verse 20, Jesus is the great shepherd of The sheep. Guess what? We are the sheep, right? Church leaders then are also called by God to be shepherds, if you will. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, Paul commissioned the Ephesian elders. He says, So keep watch over yourselves and over the flock which the Holy Spirit has placed in your care. Be shepherds of the church of God. Be shepherds. 1 Peter 5, verses 1 and 2. Peter wrote, I have a special concern for you church leaders that you care for God's flock with all the diligence of a shepherd. And so obviously, the relationship between shepherd and sheep, the role of shepherding, has a very important place in God's plan and purpose. And so we should not be surprised, I don't think, that God chose to announce the good news of Jesus' birth first to shepherds. Which leads us then to draw some conclusions. I mean, so what? What practical application does this morning's study about shepherds have for our lives today? What life lessons can we possibly learn from the shepherd candle? Well, let me suggest three points to ponder as we consider the shepherd candle today. Number one, the light of the shepherds illuminates God's purpose, and that is to find the sheep. God's purpose, God's plan, God's desire is to find lost sheep, (laughs) you and me. Look again at the good news announced to the shepherds. Luke 2, verses 10 and 11. I bring you good news of great joy. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. A Savior. Simply what God's purpose, His greatest desire, is that lost sheep be found. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 puts it, God is not wanting anyone 
to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I mean, nothing, absolutely nothing, is a higher priority to God than the salvation of those who are lost. That lost sheep could be found. In Ezekiel 34, we get an even clearer picture of God's shepherd's heart. In fact, let's read this out loud together. These verses are so wonderful. Read it with me. I, the sovereign Lord, tell you that I myself will look for my sheep and take care of them in the same way as shepherds take care of their lost sheep. I will look for those that are lost. Bring back those who wander off. Isn't that a great Scripture? God doesn't want us to be lost. He wants us to be found. And He will do everything He can. Again, God's purpose, His greatest desire, is that lost sheep be found. Now with that in mind, let me point out a couple of kind of interesting thoughts that I think relate to that from today's text in Luke chapter 2. The first is that God will only find lost sheep that are willing to be found. Think about that with me for a minute. Follow my line of reason here. God will only find lost sheep that are willing to be found. <laughs> I, I find it interesting that the, the good news was shared first with shepherds. <laughs> Why shepherds? The politicians missed it. The business community of that day missed it. The innkeeper missed it. Even the religious establishment, the Jewish religious leaders, the scribes and Pharisees and such, they missed it. Why? Why did God choose to share the good news first with shepherds? In a single word, I would use the word receptivity. God knew that the shepherds would be receptive to this good news. They were the ones who were ready to hear this news and who were ready to embrace this news. The others weren't. And I find it fascinating that, that, that when it comes to finding lost sheep, you and I still have a free will. <laughs> and, and if we say, no, God, I don't want to hear it, and we, and we turn our back on God, we can walk away. We as sheep can stay astray. We can stay lost if we choose to do so. We have to, of our own free will, choose to be found. Isn't that interesting? And the second thought that comes to my mind is that God most often uses found sheep to find lost sheep. You ever think about that? <laughs> I mean, verses 17 and 18 here, the shepherds were the first ones to pass along this good news to other people. Did you know that God still has no other plan? How does the good news get out to those who are lost? Found sheep. <laughs> like you and like me. Who tell those who don't know the good news about Jesus. There is no other way. I mean, God doesn't skyrocket. God doesn't, you know, put an ad in the newspaper. God doesn't interrupt the news on television at night and flash a, you know, news bulletin across your television screen. You need to be saved. I want you. No. God chooses you. God chooses me. Found sheep to share that good news with others who are yet to be found. So here's today's first application question. Am I a lost sheep that has been 
found? I want you to ask yourself that question. Am I a lost sheep that has been found? Now, I could very easily just kind of skirt over this question because, I don't know, it's a pretty basic question. But I want to I pause here for just a moment. This last week, Craig and I were at a, a meeting where the uh, District Superintendent Rob Songer uh, said to us, whatever you do during the Christmas season, let's pause long enough to give people a chance to embrace the good news. <laughs> what a shame if we would rush in church, if we would rush through the Christmas season without giving somebody the opportunity to really say yes to Jesus as the Savior and Lord of their life. So I'm going to pause right here for just a moment. And I want to ask this question again. Am I a sheep? Ask yourself this question. Am I a sheep that has been found? I mean, have you bowed your knee to Jesus Christ? Have you embraced Jesus as the forgiver and the leader of your life? Have you taken this good news and received it for yourself? Have you said, yes, I'm willing to be found, God. And I'm willing to let Jesus be that Savior that you sent Him to be. If you've not done that, you can do that today. You can pray, Oh God, I am a sinner. And I need a Savior. I need Jesus. And I want Him to be the Savior of my life. I want to embrace Him as the Lord of my life. And God, I confess my sin to You and I confess that I am willing to let Him be the Savior You sent Him to be. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And be that Savior. You can pray that prayer. You can do that. You can give yourself the greatest Christmas gift ever given. And that's the gift of salvation. So this first question, am I a lost sheep that has been found? I pray that nobody would leave here this morning without having answered that question. Yes! (laughs) Yes! Yes! I'm a lost sheep. That has been found. So first, the light of the shepherds illuminates God's purpose to find the sheep. Am I a lost sheep that has been found? Number two, the light of the shepherds illuminates Jesus' purpose, and that is to fold the sheep. Jesus' purpose is to fold, to bring into the safety of a fold those lost Sheep. Look at Matthew 2 and verse 6. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd, capital S, the shepherd of my people. Now, of course, that shepherd is who? Jesus. Yeah, the Messiah. In Luke 15, verses 4 through 6, Jesus tells a parable to illustrate his purpose as a shepherd. He says, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. See, that's what Jesus wants. Again, His purpose, His greatest desire is that all sheep are safely in the fold. He's not one who would say, well, 99 of them are safe. That one, eh. It's only 1%. Oh. What if you're that one? (laughs) Aren't you glad that Jesus cares enough as a shepherd to go looking for you? To bring you back into the safety of his fold. Now, we love the pictures of the shepherd with the sheep, the little lamb across the street. Isn't that a sweet little picture? Some of you have heard me say this before. That is not a sweet picture. I'm going to totally ruin your whole 
thinking about this picture. Do you know why that sheep is on? Why that little lamb's around the the shepherd's shoulders? Yeah, he can't walk. Why can't he walk? Because his leg is broken. Who broke his leg? The shepherd. Did you know that? That's the background behind this picture. This little lamb kept wandering away, as sheep are tend tend to do. And the shepherd kept having to go after this little lamb. And this little lamb is getting in danger again and again and again. And finally, the shepherd, because of his grace and his mercy, says, I'm going to do something that's going to hurt you, but in the long run, it's going to be the best for you. And he breaks that little lamb's leg. And then he takes and puts that little lamb around his shoulders. And while that leg is healing, that little lamb soon finds out, this shepherd's all I need. The shepherd feeds that little lamb and cares for that little lamb and sleeps with that little lamb. That little lamb hears the shepherd's voice and memorizes that voice and that, sh- that shepherd's smell. And, and pretty soon that little lamb is going, wow, there's nothing else that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. See the picture? And sometimes God will discipline us. Sometimes God will bring things into our lives that may hurt us. And we're thinking, what's going on? But He does that because He loves us. And He wants to teach us, don't wander. Don't wander. I'm all you need. Trust me. And in time, that little leg on that lamb heals and He puts the lamb down. That little lamb never wanders again. That little lamb, that little sheep wants to stay as close to the shepherd as he possibly can get. And that's a picture of our lives. Now perhaps the greatest picture of Jesus as a shepherd is found in John chapter 10. So turn there with me in your Bible. Would you do that? It's on page 1666 if you're using the Pew Bible. I want us to look at this. Jesus' role as our good shepherd is explained perhaps better here than any other place in the Bible. John chapter 10. We'll pick it up with verse... One, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. Don't miss that. Come back to that and talk about that in a moment. He goes on and says, He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. By the way, Bedouin shepherds don't drive their sheep. They lead them. It's the difference between sheep herding here in the U.S. and sheep herding overseas. They lead their sheep. They go before their sheep and the sheep follow them. Why? So they can protect. If there's any dangers ahead, they can sniff that out before they you know, drive the sheep into a situation that's unfortunate. See the picture there? He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech because they did not understand what he was telling them. Well, I'm going to help you understand it this morning. Bedouin shepherds call their sheep, no matter how big the sheep herd may be, the flock may be, They call every one of them by name. 
And they know, those sheep know the shepherd's voice. It's the most interesting thing. When I was in Israel once, I saw this demonstrated. I always thought to myself, how do they separate the different flocks? Because oftentimes when they bring them together, there may be two or three or four families who camp together at night with all of their sheep all mixed in. They don't brand their sheep like we do here. (laughs) And here's all these sheep all mixed in. And then I got to see the demonstration of how they do it. One shepherd went that way, one went that way, one went that way, one went that way, and all they did was call their sheep. And miraculously, from all these sheep, the sheep went to their own shepherd. Is that amazing? And that's exactly what Jesus does for us. That's what He's saying here to us. He's saying, my sheep know my voice. They don't know a stranger's voice. They won't go to the wrong shepherd. They know me. I know them. Verse 7, Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate, the door for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He'll come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. He is the gate, by the way, people. The door. When the shepherds come together in Israel to bring their flocks together in safety or in a fold at night, they oftentimes will build these folds out of rocks and brambles. and There will be only one entrance. It will be right here. Guess who sleeps there? The shepherd. Nobody goes in. Nobody comes out without going through the door, the gate, the shepherd. That's what Jesus is saying. He's the only way, right? I am the good shepherd, He says in verse 11. The good shepherd lays down His life for His sheep. Yeah, they do. They they would give their lives for their own sheep. Verse 12, the hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. (laughs) The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus says, on the other hand, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for my sheep. Didn't He do that for us? Yes, He did. I have other sheep, verse 16, that are not of the sheep. And isn't that interesting? Guess who he's talking about there? He's talking about you. (laughs) Unless you're a full-blooded Jew, he's talking about you. (laughs) I have other sheep, because he's talking here originally to Jews, isn't he? And, And he's saying now, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. They're not of this fold yet, but they will be. And look what he says, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock. And one shepherd. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Oh man, there's so much more we can say from these verses. I wish we had time. I've got to preach a sermon on this one someday because it's so rich with lessons for us to learn. Again, Jesus' purpose, His greatest desire is that all the sheep are safely in the fold. And Jesus' role as our good shepherd, by the way, will continue even until we are safely in the fold in heaven. <laughs> Look at what John wrote, Revelation 7, verse 17. The Lamb who is at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and He will guide them to springs of life-giving water. Jesus will always be our shepherd. So here's today's second application question. Am I a sheep that is safely in the fold? 
Ask yourself that question. Am I a sheep that's safely in the fold? Now, I, I don't want to, again, pass this question too quickly because as sheep, we are prone to wander. And I believe that, that, that Jesus wants us all to be in the safety of the fold. Now, what does that mean? Well, it could mean a number of different things that we could apply to what that means, being a part of the fold that Jesus wants us to be a part of. But one of the things I am sure that it means is the church. I think we are a fold, (laughs) okay? We are a bunch of sheep in the safety of a fold here. And, 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 And if nothing else, the application here is that every one of us needs to be in the safety of a church, a church family, a fellowship of believers. We cannot be wandering sheep out there doing our own thing, going wherever we wish, doing our own stuff, wandering away. We have got to be in the safety of a fold. Now, I don't know what that means to you, or what the application of that is for you, but I want you to chew on that one for a while. Don't be a lone ranger, Christian. Don't be a wandering sheep. You need connection. You need fellowship with other believers. You need to be enfolded in a fold of other sheep. I would say, could you all say amen, but maybe we should all say, bah. apply that however it needs to be applied to your life would you so second the light of the shepherds illuminates Jesus' purpose to fold the sheep am I a sheep that's safely in the fold and number three the light of the shepherds illuminates our purpose and our purpose is to follow the shepherd (laughs) capital S our purpose is to follow the shepherds. One of the things that, that impresses me about these shepherds on the first Christmas was their eagerness to act upon what they were told by the angels. Notice again, Luke 2, verses 15 and 16. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, oh, well, that was interesting. Is that what they said? No! <laughs> they said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. Well, of course they hurried off. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby. They had to make this story their own. I mean, how could they not? In essence, think about this with me. The shepherds became sheep as they chose to follow the Shepherd. Does that make sense? You see, our purpose, our greatest desire should be to follow the shepherd. Nothing, absolutely nothing should be a higher priority in our lives than this. Yet, like sheep, we sometimes are pretty dumb. (laughs) Sometimes we have a mind of our own. Sometimes we wander off on some other path. Sometimes we just don't follow the shepherd very well. Read Isaiah 53 and verse 6 out loud with me. Let's read this together. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. That's us. We tend so much to wander. Why do we do that? I can think of several reasons. Sometimes we choose to follow our own way. (laughs) We're stubborn, we're rebellious, we're independent. I can do this on my own. I don't need anybody else's help. I don't need the church. I don't need God. I can do this. Sometimes we choose to follow other sheep. We call it peer pressure, desire to please others. 
the tide of popular opinion, surely God doesn't want us to swim upstream. Sheep are pretty dumb, by the way. Did you ever know that? You, you can take, some of you have heard me tell you this before, but I'll t- it's so good you've got to hear it again. You can take sheep and line them up. And you can get one shepherd over here and one shepherd over here with a stick. You can hold that stick right here and then you can coax the shepherd or the sheep. And the sheep will come. The first sheep, of course, will jump over the stick and go on its way. The second sheep will come and jump over the stick. The third sheep will come and jump over the stick. Then you take the stick away. The fourth sheep will come and jump over the stick. (laughs) Did you know that? All 100 of them will jump when they get to that one spot. Why? That's a good question. Why? Why are we so dumb that we have to follow the leader that isn't a leader? It's another sheep that's just as dumb as we are. And then, I think sometimes we choose to follow another shepherd. We're listening to another voice. It's not Jesus' voice. What voice are you listening to? That's a good question to ask yourself. What what voice am I listening to the most in my life? What am I feeding my mind? What am I feeding my heart? Well, all you have to do is look at what you do. Are you in the Word? Are you listening to Jesus' voice? Is that prominent in your life? Or are you watching more television than you are spending time in the Word? Are you spending more time on video games than you are in the Word? Are you listening to your MP3 player more than you're spending time in the Word? Are you reading more than you're spending time in the Word? I don't know. What else, what, I could say whatever it is. You fill in the blank. Whose, whose voice, what voice are you listening to? You get to decide. Again, our purpose, our greatest desire should be to follow the shepherd, Jesus Christ. As Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2 and verse 25, For you, like sheep, were going astray. But now, this is the good news, you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. As sheep, how do we do that? I mean, how do we choose to follow the shepherd? Well, in one word, obedience. Obedience. As Jesus put it in John 10 and verse 27, My sheep listen to my voice and they follow me. End of story. That's pretty simple. (laughs) This is not complicated, folks. Look at these scriptures, John 14. If you love me, you will do what I have said. If anyone loves me, they will obey me. But anyone who doesn't love me won't obey me. I mean, that's pretty simple. 1 John 2, verses 3 and 4. Here's how we can be sure we know God in the right way. Keep His commandments. If someone claims, I know Him well, but doesn't keep His commandments, he's obviously a liar. His life doesn't match His words. His walk doesn't match His talk. 1 John 5, verse 3. The proof that we love God comes when we keep His commandments. So here's the third application question today, okay? Am I a sheep that obediently follows Jesus? That's the question I want you to ponder for a moment. Think about that. Ask yourself that question. Am I a sheep that obediently, without reservation, without hesitation, am I fully and completely surrendered when Jesus says, do this, I do it? Am I following His instruction? Am I obeying everything He tells me to do? So third, 
the light of the shepherd illuminates my purpose to follow the shepherd. Am I a sheep that obediently follows Jesus? Three lessons to be learned then from the shepherd candle. Three practical applications for our lives today. Three questions that I want us to ponder deeply today. Am I a sheep that has been found? Have I embraced Jesus Christ as the forgiver and leader of my life? Is He my Savior? Am I a sheep that's safely in the fold or am I out there wandering? (laughs) Am I a sheep that obediently follows? Whatever Jesus says, I do it. The shepherd candle. Let's close today's lesson by reading Psalm 23 and verse 1 out loud together from the contemporary English version. Would you read it with me? You, Lord, are my shepherd. I will never be in need. I'll never be in need. (laughs) Never. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. There's nothing I want except Him.